Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. Rachel Santizo is my co-host. Good morning. Dave Elliott is our guest. Uh, we are really one of the, the most watched and listened to podcasts uh, dealing with addiction and recovery. Uh, and you can catch us anywhere for good podcasts. Or if you want to watch us, you just you just Google uh, Odyssey House Journals on YouTube and you can see it. Did you happen to see what you have on your desk over there? Oh, my gosh. When did that happen? That happened just recently. We This podcast was voted the best wellness podcast by wow. the readers of City Weekly, which for those of you outside of our state is is a, a, a local, what do they come out every week? Yeah. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a free magazine, but hip people like us <laughs> read it, right? Old there people. Right? So thank you for readers of, uh, of City Weekly for voting us best podcast. You didn't even know I that. I had no idea. How delightful. Thank you. <laughs> that's See, awesome. See, this is obviously not staged because that's true <laughs> surprise on Rachel's it's part. True. I'm all blushing now. <laughs> all right. We, we like to discuss the issues of, uh, of addiction and recovery. Hopefully, encouraging other people to mm-hmm. at least understand the issue and hopefully seek treatment if they're having issues. And that's why we invited Dave. Uh, tell us, you, you're a recovering addict. That's right. right. Yeah. T- tell me, tell us a little about your past. And I got to, I, I, I should say, I got to have discussions with Dave because he was in Odyssey House's uh, Transitional Sober Living, which happened to be right above our office there. And and so he'd come down and we'd have deep discussions about everything. So That's I got right. to know you. So tell me about your 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 past history, the, the addiction, and then finally the recovery. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how far back you want me to go, but you know, well, when you were born, a baby yeah. and, and you were using heroin. And <laughs> That's all, right. Yeah. Uh, when I was a, you know, I, I grew up in a, a home with an alcoholic father. Um, my mom had to flee from him when I was five years old. And so didn't have a dad growing up, um, clung to every male figure that I could find around me. And some of them weren't great influences. Uh, you know, there were stories of driving drunk and those were like, uh, war stories that they were proud of. Right. Um, things like that. And so they would go to jail and they would do all these things that I thought were normal, you know? So I didn't have any good role models that were close to me. And, uh, so I, I hang out, I used to hang out with the, the rough crowd as a kid. Um, these kids that would smoke weed and drink and, you know, run from the cops when they were teenagers. Um, that's what we did. It was normal for us. Uh, growing up in California, there was a, um, I don't know if it's, it's more prevalent there or not, but a lot of weed there. And so that's kind of, my, that was my introduction to, to party life was going to parties on the weekends with my friends and um, dropping acid and all kinds of stuff. So, um, and I was about 13 years old when I started doing all that on a regular basis. Um, at 15 years old, I moved out here to Utah. I had a sister and she married a guy that had a mother that lived here. And um, so they came out here following her and we followed them to, to visit one year. And that year was was during the summer so i was out of school and i ran around with all the cool kids um the first guy i met was a pot smoker and so 
he was my favorite guy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so my mom, you know, asked me, do you want to want to move here? Do you like it here? And I said, yeah, it's pretty cool. Totally different. I found a pot smoking friend. So (laughs) let's move here. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and and it wasn't just the the people that I was, uh, you know, drawn to the the friends around here that uh, or even in California that really influenced me. My family, there's a big history of, of drug use and alcohol use in my family. Um, I have two sisters that passed away from drug addiction. Overdoses? Um, no, it was just a, a long life of using drugs off and on, okay. uh, mostly on. <laughs> and uh, they died about a month and a half apart from each other. Whoa. Um, That's and, trauma. Yeah. And the following year is when I started doing meth and heroin. So that kind of jumped what, forward. So what age would that have been? Um, that was 10 years ago. So I was about 42. Okay. Um, How were you introduced? You're, you're smoking weed this entire time and then you yeah. used your sisters, which I'm sorry to hear. Oh, thank you. Um, so I kind of jumped ahead, but, you know, having a family that's that was doing drugs and, and drinking mm-hmm. on a regular basis, um, at 19 years old, I'll back up a little bit. At 19 years old, I, I found myself uh, getting sober. Mm-hmm. Um and I went to a meeting and I had a, a brother-in-law that was going to meetings and he was doing pretty good. And so I started going to meetings and this is after a couple of different tries of getting sober on my own. Uh, I went to a, a meeting and, and started meeting people and got a sponsor and started going through the steps, the 12 steps in AA. And um, that worked for probably about eight years. Uh, met a gal in the program in AA. Uh, we got married, had some kids. Um, but before we got married and had kids, um, I, I got to preface this by saying uh, every relationship that I got into, um, I, I was dragging all my whole life's history of, of dysfunction into that relationship. And by the time I got to this woman, um, she she got the 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 worst of all that, you know, the worst of Dave. That's right. <laughs> and and so, you know she was having a hard time getting close to me <laughs> and um, she broke up with me and I, and I kind of spiraled from there. Um, started going to therapy and uh, you know, I, I, I started smoking weed again and then stopped abruptly and I don't know how I did it, but I, I just kind of knew that if I kept on that path, it'd be, it'd be bad news. So um, we ended up getting married, had some kids and in that time um, I had a back injury. And because of that back injury, I went and saw a doctor. And that was about the time when the opioid epidemic started really taking hold here. And I got some pills from him and um, life was good. You know, I didn't have any worries. Um, I liked what it did to me emotionally. And I didn't realize that was going on at the time. Even all the years of AA in me, I was still lying to myself, you know. Um, So I developed this pain pill addiction. And, um, I want to say five years into that, um, things started drying up with the pain pills. Um, they They became very expensive. Yeah. And they weren't writing scripts, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't easy to get. And I had a a friend who, um, said, Hey, if you're, if you're sick, I've got something that'll take care of that. So exactly what happened to me. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Exact same story. Yeah. And so at that point, I had already done meth and didn't know it. Uh, a friend of mine laid out a line of what I thought was cocaine. He says, you want to try some coke? And I said, sure. So I snorted this big line of what I thought was cocaine. Mm. And the next morning, his wife told me that was meth. And it just, 
it, you know, I couldn't believe I'd done meth. Um, anyway, so I thought, okay, I've already done meth. Um, why not jump into other things? Cause I'm already this far along. Uh, and my friend offered me this, what I didn't know was heroin. Uh, he had a, a jar that had residue in it and he put some water in there and splashed around. He says, drink this and you'll be fine. So I drank it and I passed out hmm. and I woke up and, uh, I wasn't sick hmm. and I thought, Hmm, okay. I can't get pills anymore. I don't like meth. <laughs> um, if I can get this and do it without using a needle, I'll be all right. You know, I won't be that bad. Right. <laughs> it's always comparatively, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. How you're, old are you're, you? You're, you're doing IV drugs, but I'm only snorting or smoking or drinking or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. How old are you at this time? Um, I was 41 or 42. Wow. Um, and that was, you know, the, the summer after my sisters had passed away. Um, my sisters were hooked on pain pills and other things their whole lives. And so in the pain pill uh, game, I, I don't know what else to call it, but uh, people, people yeah. would trade pills, you know, like if somebody would run out, I always knew that this guy would have some or that girl would have some. And so it was like, I would, I would never run out. Um, and, and, you know, my family, my sisters namely were a big supplier for me, you know? Uh, so once they died, um, I was kind of left on my own and, and, you know, I wasn't used to people dying. I really hadn't experienced a whole lot of death up to that point. Uh, my mom had died uh, years before and then my sisters died and it was just too much for me. I really had no idea how to process grief. Um, I was angry and I was lost and I sure missed him and I still miss him today, you know? Um, anyway, uh, so, so back to the, the, I, I did heroin the first time and I woke up the next day and I thought, okay, now I'm the guy in my family who's done heroin and meth. And instead of stopping <laughs> or asking for help, um, I thought, okay, the gloves are off. Let's just do this. And I just kind of went full force into it. Um, off to the races. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the first time I got arrested was 2013. And I was arrested for aggravated assault because I, I was chasing somebody with a golf club. So for what I, reason? So I went to meet my friend that was that was supplying me with dope. And um, he didn't he wouldn't sell to me. He was just like, I'm not giving you any man. Um, and I was angry because I was I was going through withdrawals, freaking out um, and really angry and the hotel employee saw me out in the parking lot. And so he came out and he's on the phone with the police. And so I just, I grabbed my golf club out of my, the back of my truck and started chasing him. Wow. And next thing I know the the police are there and they're drawing their guns on me. And that's the first time I'd ever been arrested. Hmm. So for the next five years, I was in and out of jail. Um, went to jail 13 times in five years. And the whole time, my family's just in disbelief. They're just like, come on, man. All you have to do is stop. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yeah, and I couldn't stop. You know, I didn't know. I, I just didn't want to stop. I wasn't interested in that. Um, 
And so I would get like six months sober here and there. And uh, the funny thing about addicts and alcoholics, and especially this one, <laughs> is every time I'm doing really good, um, I think I, I can get away with it again, you know. And that's what I did. I played that game. I would I put up a good front for the whole family and everybody important in my life. And they believe me. And then I'd get high again. And I just kind of like take a long weekend and call in sick or whatever I had to do. And all these people just wanted me to stop. They just, they just love me. And, and, um, they're all scratching their heads, just watching me. Um, and I can only imagine, I mean, we've had conversations since, um, the terror that they were going through and the, the fear and the worry. Um, so how did you get into Odyssey house? So I was in, I was on APMP uh, on probation and, um, they picked me up. I was living out in uh, Woods Cross and I couldn't stop using meth. Um, at, Cause at some point I transitioned from heroin to meth. And I can't tell you exactly when or how or why, but it just, I, I did. And because of that, um, I started experiencing psychosis and um, a lot of crazy things started happening. Um, Anyways, the guy I was living with was my boss and I was just renting a room from him and, and, uh, he knew my situation and, you know, he, he said, look, I need the number to your probation officer. Um, and I wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. So anyways, uh, he got in touch with my probation officer and, um, my probation officer came and picked me up, put me in jail and, um, trying to just kind of put together the time frame of events. I went to jail, went in front of the judge and the judge said, look, um, you violated probation. It's obvious to us. You don't want to be sober or do the right thing. So, um, we're going to give you some time to think about this. And so I sat in jail for a couple of weeks and, um, I signed up for cats in jail, which is for those of you who don't know, that's a, that's treatment in jail pretty much. And I'd been through it before, so I was familiar with it. And again, it was just to kind of get the judge off my butt, you know? Right. Um, you didn't really want it. No, just... but I'm real good at manipulation when it comes to situations like that. I can always think of how to get out of doing things, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, just that describes to... almost every addict in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm good at manipulation. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I got into cats. Um, I did life skills also. Um, and while I was doing life skills, I went and saw the judge again. And the judge said, okay, if you do life skills and cats, we'll, we'll let you go. We'll, we'll get you out early. Um, and you'll be on probation again. So that's what I did. I graduated cats and right from cats, I went into Odyssey house because that was the agreement I made with them, with the judge, uh, went into Odyssey house. And the first day I was there, I just remember thinking, this place is nothing but straight chaos, man. I don't know how these people live here, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you walk in and it's just, there's yeah. people talking a, a million miles a minute and talking over each other and people walking down the halls, going back and forth. You don't know what's going on. So I thought, okay, Dave, uh, you're gonna figure this one out and you're gonna get to the top of this place 
and you're going to get out and you're going to get off probation. Then you can do what you want. Right. I still wasn't done. Mm. Um, so I went to uh, Odyssey House and I voyaged out and graduated, um, got off probation, terminated successfully early. Um, and I started trying to work things out with my ex-wife and my kids because um, that's really all I wanted. I just wanted to be back home. Um, and I thought the best way to do that is to is to go through all this stuff and, and graduate and get off probation and prove to them that that I was mm -hmm. doing fine. Right. right? Um, so I went to my ex-wife and I said, look, I want to give it another shot. And she said, I don't think that's a good idea. And yet another resentment popped up. Mm. And I thought, you know, I did all this for you guys. Right. How could you tell me no? And so instead of uh, realizing, accepting that decision, um, I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt her. And and that's the the part of me that I don't understand. Hurt her by using or hurt her physically? No, not physically. Um, I've never done that. But um, so here's what I did. <laughs> I decided to to start dating other women okay. and make sure she knew about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, geez. And, and there was one in particular that I dated that really hurt her. And, and the whole time I was chuckling inside. I, I just, I don't know what the sedic, seditious intent that I have is mm -hmm. sometimes, but, um, it was there. Uh, that, that relationship didn't work out. It lasted about seven months and I stayed sober through all this. Um, but what ended up happening was, uh, I, I got high again and, uh, it was a nine day relapse on meth and, um, I was terrified. I was living with a friend who, um, I was in a band with and he was like the DJ at my wedding. And so we went back a ways and he saw my walk and saw that I was doing better and he, he gave me a room in his house and at a really discounted rate and so I could pay off some things and I was doing really well and uh one day I just I couldn't take the pain anymore and I needed that release uh from the pain and so I got high and um I was up all night of course because that's yeah. what happens with meth yeah. <laughs> and uh I I was hearing things um the the psychosis kicked in almost immediately uh, i don't know what's going on with meth these days but it's different it's different from when it was uh, before and every time i do it i, I go into psychosis immediately and let me <clears throat> let me stop you on that because i you you do post on facebook occasionally right. and i'm on facebook and this is interesting rachel is i'll i'll read his posts and by reading his posts, I can tell whether he's high or whether he's sober and doing well. Mm -hmm. uh, because your posts on Facebook, when you're high on meth, are, are just nasty. They're, they're negative as hell. They're dark. They're gloomy. Yeah. And they're attacking other people. And, 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 and it's really weird to see. That. I mean, so, mm -hmm. it, it, and even though I didn't talk to you or anything saying what's going on, I could tell. Right. You know, yeah, I've had people suggest that I delete my account, but I am, <laughs> you know, I am who I am. Yeah. And uh, I've learned that all of me, I, I either have to accept all of who I am 
or I'm not going to be in acceptance at all, right? Mm -hmm. I got to be comfortable in my own skin no matter where I'm at. I think it's important too to see what it does to us, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think it can be a motivating factor as well if you allow it to be or you want it to be. Yeah. Well, and he recognizes that, that yeah. the psychosis kicks in. So, right. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, the psychosis kicked in. And uh, within 24 hours, my friend was kicking me out of the house. He's like, I can't have you here, man. There's no way. So I moved out of there, moved in with uh, another addict who had a, a spot for me, but I didn't realize it was a dope house. <laughs> um, so I'm there and I play, play music and I've got uh, some kind of a expensive equipment. And so I had all this equipment with me and I'm, I'm just like ultra paranoid to begin with. Um, and <laughs> I've got my, my equipment there and all these people I don't know. And I'm just losing it. I'm hearing things outside that aren't there. I'm making up stories about everything, mm -hmm. just living the psychosis. And uh, I had a good friend of mine who saw my posts on Facebook <laughs> and reached out to me. <laughs> and he said, listen, man, uh, I can tell you need somewhere safe to be. Uh, we have a room over here. Why don't you come over here? And I moved in with him and the guy that owns the house who has 25 years sober. Wow. Um, and I've known him. Like I've been around going to meetings for so long that I saw that guy get sober when I was in meetings and to be able to go to a place that was safe is exactly what I needed. Um, so I moved in there and that was July 14th of 2020. Um, and I've been sober ever since. Wow. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. And, um, you, and you have a, a steady, good job now. Yeah, so when I moved in there, I was door dashing full time, um, which is a real bad idea for a guy like me. <laughs> I, I need the constant threat of being fired for some reason. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I realized early on when I was living there that I needed a regular job. So I went and got a job um, working in a warehouse um, where I didn't have to interact with the public, which is good for me at that point because um, I was still crazy. Um, started seeing my therapist, Jacob here at Odyssey house again. Um, yeah. So I was seeing him once a week for a while and then every couple of weeks and it just kind of tapered off. Um, didn't want to go back to meetings. I was ashamed. I was afraid uh, of all the judgment. And, uh, then one day I just thought, just go to a meeting, Dave. This is your home. This is where people love you. Um, just go beyond your own BS in your head and go. And so that's what I did. I started going to meetings again. Um, and then it occurred to me that the whole time that I had been going to meetings throughout my life, I never got a sponsee. I never sponsored anybody. I never helped anybody else. It was always about me. And that's my problem is uh, it's always about me. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to go outside of being about me and being there for somebody else truly, you know, um, so I, I decided to start sponsoring people and, uh, I don't know if I've helped anybody, but I'm still sober. And I think that's the point of sponsorship. And I guess that's the selfish part of me. Mm -hmm. The selfish part of recovery is that, um, it's helping me. I've had a couple of guys that I've sponsored. A couple of them have relapsed and, uh, the, and you know, I have another sponsee now. Um, he's new in recovery and I'm, I'm just doing what I've been told because my own best thinking got me to jail, having <laughs> yeah. to go to Odyssey yeah. house, which was a great blessing. Um, but you know, 
I'm starting to do the things that were suggested 30 years ago to me. <laughs> it's only taken me hey, that long. So yeah, learn, but you're right? Right. Yeah. But you learn. That's yep. right. I was a functional alcoholic for 40 years before something kicked in. So right. how long were you in addiction? Um, about 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, we're, we're all slow learners if you think yeah. about it. It's true. You know? yeah. and, and in my opinion, life is so much better mm-hmm. sober. Yeah. How about you? Absolutely. You know, and especially this time around, uh, there was there was somebody who told me one day, and, and I had to be open to hear this from from this person. They said, "You really like playing the victim, don't you, Dave?" And I heard that message. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't get defensive. I don't know why I didn't try to justify how it was okay to be a victim, but I if, heard if, that. If you were on meth, you would have been very defensive. Yeah, yeah. And so I heard that message. And it came from a place of love, you know, yeah. and I realized that today. And so I've taken that to heart and tried to make sure that everything I post on Facebook <laughs> is not a, is not a victim stance. Yeah. Right. Um, because I see it today in others and it's so obvious now. Mm. And I, and I don't tell them that they're playing the victim. Um, I just look and go, okay, that's part of me that I have, have acknowledged and moved on from. Um, and the way I don't do that anymore is I don't complain as much. <laughs> I mean, we still hate traffic and there's people in our life that we're not fond of, I guess, but, um, I really try not to complain. Um, if there's a problem in my life, um, I try to find the solution quicker than I used to. Congratulations on your yeah. recovery. Thank you. Believe it or not, we're out of time. Yeah. So thank you, Dave, for Sharing, I, I, I'd, I'd like to think your experience will help others going through the same thing because we all got we have right. gone through this. When right? you're when you were talking, you're like you think that you know like that selfishness, and I'm like, no, actually, you found purpose. That's true. Yeah, you have found purpose, and so I'm grateful that yeah. you have been you surrendered to find your purpose, my friend. Thank you. You're welcome. Very thanks much. for being here. Good to see yeah. you again. Thanks for having me. I appreciate and, it. And, and I'll keep watching Facebook posts and <laughs> yeah. I'll know if something this. bad goes That's on. That's right. And yeah. You have my number now, so you yeah. give me a call. Yes, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah. And thank you <laughs> sure. for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals. And, and another quick reminder that you can hear us uh, every Saturday and Sunday morning on KKAT 860 AM at 10 a.m. Uh, So it's it's nice to have them join our family and spread the word even more. So thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.